Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. The Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating. We are just two single girls trying to help you navigate dating well as Christian women. And we're navigating it for ourselves, too. Yes, we are. So, So, we're answering your questions because most of them are questions that we have asked at some point, too, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Every single one of these I'm reading, I'm like, that's a great question. Or, I've wondered the same thing. Or... Am I qualified to answer this? <laughs> exactly. We do appreciate that y'all think that we are knowledgeable enough to answer these things. It's been so challenging for us, too, because it's like, oh, wow, I haven't thought of that. I got to figure out what do I think and what do I believe yeah. about that? So it's really challenging for us. Yeah. So it's helpful for us. And I hope hopefully the answers are helpful for you guys, too. I feel like I've grown a lot from reading yeah. these. So if nothing else. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Okay, so tell them what we're doing, though, for the summer. Why we're doing this. Yeah, so as we are breaking between seasons, as we do twice a year, we wanted to keep giving you guys some content so we didn't just leave you hanging for two months. So we decided to do a question and answer series for the month of July. And basically what we're doing is taking questions that were submitted for CouchCast yeah. initially, but we're a little on the more involved A little more side. weighty. Yeah, a little more weighty, a little heavier, because we wanted to really put some thought into these and not answer them off the cuff necessarily. So we're pulling two to three questions per episode, and we've thought through the answers of these. <laughs> this is not a, oh, sure, let me just blurt out whatever comes the to mind. first thing that comes to mind, yes. yeah. And we're answering them... Um, and all of these are listener questions, which yes. is really cool. So we're going to continue that today. We'll do this one today, and then we have one more next mm-hmm. week. And um, then we'll be back to just regular old CouchCast in August. Yes, until we launch Season 3 in September. Yes, which, did we pick a day? No, we did not. Okay, te- teasing. TBD. <laughs> just kidding. Literally TBD. We <laughs> yeah, have we not don't decided. Know <laughs> Sometime in September, though, we will be back with Season 3. We're yes. trying to get some, I guess, interviews Nothing fancy, but trying to get some dates coordinated with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back. We'll let you know. Yes. Anyway. But until then, let's get started yes. with our first question. I think this is a fantastic question. It, this is one that I had to stop and go, hmm, what do I think? Yes. <laughs> so this listener asked, if God has a specific calling on your life, like for ministry or missions or something along those lines, how do you navigate dating? Should you just dismiss guys who aren't moving in a similar direction? Bethany? There's a lot. I my first thought is yes and no. Okay, so elaborate. (laughs) Real helpful. I know. Clear as mud. I mean, yeah, yes. Why they pay us the big bucks? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if they say if God has a specific calling on your life, if that is to, you know, you have a specific call on your life to go to Uganda and do mission work, then a guy you're dating, if the purpose of dating them is to pursue marriage, then they're going to need to be going in that same direction. I don't encourage multi-continent relationships, nope. marriages. That's just not practical. When we say long distance, that's Do- not what, no. <laughs> what we're talking about. No. Um, and so if that is your direction, then I would say, yes, you should dismiss guys who aren't going in the same mm-hmm. direction for both of your sakes. Now, where I would say no is I know as a girl, especially who wants to be married, it's really easy when you aren't married at a point that you would have hoped to have been to say, well, I'm going to do this thing and it's this bigger than me thing. And I'm, that's what I'm going to do because then it makes it okay that there's no guy there. Mm, Does that make sense? Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but Um, so my question would be make, not, it's not a question. Never mind. My statement would be, 
do you need to be really, really, really sure that this is something God is leading you to do? Because if it's not, if it's something that you have held on to almost as a defense mechanism, that's a totally different thing. That's a great point. I didn't think about it that way. So if you are sure that this is the direction God is leading you, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying be sure sure of that. And really pray through that. If it is, then yeah, you need someone who's going in that same direction. Just like we've Mm -hmm. talked before about like, think of dating as you're running a race. You're going to be going the direction and the speed that you're going. So look for someone who's going that same direction, who's running at that same speed. And those are the people that you should notice and pursue things with. Then if your race is going to Uganda and his is staying in small town, Georgia, be wise in saying, this is probably not the best thing. I think I agree, but I think it's important to differentiate between is he not seeing himself going that direction at all. He doesn't want to do that. Or has he just never considered it and never thought of it before? And he'd be willing to talk about it. There is Mm -hmm. a difference there. If it's the latter, then I would say proceed slowly and with caution as you're talking through that. I don't think you just, oh, well, he doesn't know. So that means I can plow forward. Like, no, those are conversations you need to have because that's a big decision. And, And you need to have those conversations early and regularly until you're at a point where you're both comfortable with the, where the decision you've made on it, mm-hmm. not something that, oh, we'll talk about it, you know, as it comes up yeah. and in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, it's okay. I can talk him into it. Yeah. That's not okay. No. So yeah, talk about it early, talk about it regularly, get those things decided and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping in mind too, that it's one thing, like, especially if you're talking about like she, her question was like missions or something like that, where it's like this big life consuming, life altering thing you know, talk about it, both of you be comfortable with it, but then move forward realizing that one or both of you may change in your mm-hmm. comfortability with what you have decided in that deciding on a hypothetical is so much easier than walking in a reality. Yeah. And that may change. So have grace and have patience there Definitely. as you, and that's why I think you were saying, you know, move ahead cautiously, slowly mm-hmm. and see, yeah. because that's a big thing. If you proceed to the point of marriage, I can see that causing some big strife if you're mm-hmm. not on the same page. So I would say, too, be honest. Oh, totally. You can't hold be, back yeah. on this because that's not fair if you don't talk to him about it and then you're six months in and you're both super invested and attached right. and then you drop this bomb of, oh, by the way, I feel very certain God is calling me to move to Africa to do missions. We always say Africa. It could be anywhere. but Russia. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Europe, Central America. Canada. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So. Well, and part of it's not, it's not just that it's far away. It's the. It's a whole lifestyle change. The whole lot. Exactly. And I don't think like just from a biblical standpoint of what the roles of men and women in marriage look like. I don't know that there is a lot of wisdom in the wife having this big missions thing and the husband doing something different. I think it would be I more think that needs you would to be, be a partnership. T- exactly. I, so I, it's not, oh, well, yeah, I'll just do this and you don't have to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times, not always, and I'm not saying it's sinful if it's not, but I'm no. just like thinking about how relationships work and what that looks like. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that being a huge part of both of your lives. Well, yeah, that reminds me of um, Marion Jordan Ellis. Mm-hmm. If y'all have ever heard of her, you should look her up. She writes books. She speaks. She's wonderful. She prayed for that specific, she felt called to ministry. She became a Christian when she was 25, pretty early on, felt like the Lord was calling her 
to work in full-time ministry. And so she began praying that whoever she married would be a ministry partner, someone mm-hmm. that they could come together and do ministry together. So she got in this very serious relationship with this guy. She talks about it in one of her books. And he, probably later than he should have, told her, I do not want my wife working in full-time ministry. Oh, like specifically? Like specifically. Oh. And so she broke up with him. Mm -hmm. She was devastated. She was ready to marry the guy. I mean, it was just, it was that far along. It was absolutely devastated. But she was so certain of her calling and what the Lord was leading her to do and wanted to be with somebody who wanted to come alongside and do that with her and felt Mm -hmm. called to do the same thing. And so she ended it. Now she's married and her and her husband do ministry together. And they've got this really cool, like, skill set combination whatever it's a great story but all of that to say that is the mentality i would encourage you to go in with is if you are certain and you are sure Mm -hmm. is begin praying that god would bring you somebody who could be your partner in that Mm -hmm. because marriage is a partnership and it is a team and it is two people working towards the goal of furthering the the lord yeah Yeah. furthering the kingdom of god and so if you're finding yourself in this situation it's going to require some tough calls mm-hmm. and it's going to probably require you to say no more than you might be able to if you were not pursuing this. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're going to miss out and like you're, if it's the Lord's will for you to be married, he knows who that person is going to be and he is going to form that partnership yeah. with both of your best interests in mind and mm-hmm. both of your goals and your passions and your dreams and your desire to serve in mind. Yeah. So don't think that, oh, because it didn't work out with this guy because he didn't want that, that you're just missing out. No. And you're never going to be able to have that. Well, and I would encourage you to the general, you know, you Yes. in that, like, <laughs> this is not everyone's calling. No, it's not most people's calling. Um, that's just the specifics of this question, but it just made me think about when you were talking about the goal in marriage is to honor the Lord and further the kingdom. That does not solely mean on an international mission field. Staying at home and raising children is just as much that than being on the mission front somewhere who knows where. It looks different. Neither one is better than the other. And everything in between. Like mm-hmm. It's not this is better and this is settling. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of the different things that God has for different people. So don't feel like you have to fit into this just because one person asked about it too. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, moving on. Okay. Question number two. Alrighty. <laughs> I've asked this question a lot. Um, <laughs> how do you deal with the fear of being single? I know God is good and his plan is so much better than mine, but it is sometimes scary to think about. Amen, sister. <laughs> it, here's one thing I would say. Don't think about it a ton. Yeah, don't dwell on it. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I'm I take that back. We have a whole podcast on what to do about it. I'm just... <laughs> You're not helping us, Stephanie. <laughs> My point is you can't change it. I guess mm-hmm. that there is something... There are things you can do about it, but you can't change it. And so sitting around fearing the future, which is unknown, isn't helpful. Mm-mm. Whether it's wondering if you're ever going to meet someone or wondering... Well, I don't know what else, but anything else <laughs> that's unknown about the future. What, yeah. what job? What college? What All mm-hmm. these things. Think about it rationally. Think about it in an active place of like, what am I? What is my role in this? What is my responsibility to change, to do? But then other than that, don't just sit around and dwell on it because you can't change it. No. I think it's one thing to acknowledge that you're feeling the fear. And it's another thing to stay there. 
Yes. And I think that a lot of times, I think it's good that this girl is acknowledging yeah. that, they're, that that's scary to think about because sometimes well, I feel like we go too far in the other direction. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. Like you well, were saying I, earlier. I do that. Mm-hmm. I'm that person. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like it's this badge of spiritual honor that that doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I am content in yes, Christ. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we talk about it a lot. You need to be content in the Lord. Mm-hmm. But this is not a sinful desire. No. It's what you do with it that makes it sinful or not. Mm-hmm. Are you idolizing this thing? Wanting to be married is not wrong no. at all. Gosh, it's a God-given no. desire. Mm-hmm. It's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to tell people that you want to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that is one of the things we say you can do about it. Yeah. Tell people. Tell people, I do want to be married. And I they, do want You don't know who they know. You don't know who they might bring into your life. So it's okay. It's what you do with it mm-hmm. that determines whether or not that is right or wrong yeah i will never forget someone telling me kristen it's perfectly possible for you to be content where you're at and still have desires that haven't been met mm-hmm. and that blew my mind I'm like oh i thought i if i was content that means i didn't want anything no. contentment and p- complacency are not the same thing exactly yeah that's one thing to differentiate here yes if we want to go the practical route of how to overcome this fear or to not dwell on the fear. One of the things that's really helpful for me personally is to look back on how God has been faithful in the past Mm -hmm. when I've wanted something and either I didn't get it in the timing that I wanted it or I got something completely different. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we can all go back and think of at least a handful of things of I wanted this. This is what actually happened. I wanted this. It happened five years later. But God was still good in all of that. And so when you can look back, this is why I keep a prayer journal. Because whenever I'm super discouraged, I go back and read. And you can see, okay, you know what? Yes, I was scared. And yes, I was frustrated and disappointed. But God came through for me and showed that he is good regardless of whether I felt like it at the time or not. And one thing I would point out too is, I mean, there's going to be so many times where you look back and you see this desire that you had that God fulfilled. But there's another aspect of his faithfulness in that you're going to look back and see these desires that he changed mm, yeah. and there's faithfulness in him doing that. It's, and I think that that part of it is where you increase in your dependence on him because you trust that him changing that desire is truly for your good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's faithfulness in fulfilling that in that that desire was met because it was changed because it became your ultimate desire of wanting to please him. Yeah. So that's just another aspect of that. I think too. Yeah. And One of the biggest lessons I've learned over the past couple years is the importance of renewing your mind with truth when you're tempted to believe lies. Yes. For instance, I am terrified that I will never get married because if I don't get married, I'm going to feel lonely forever and I am never going to be complete and my life will never be as great as I thought it would be. Fill in the blank, whatever you think Mm -hmm. is going to be the case as a result of your fear of not being with somebody and replace that with the truth and with Mm -hmm. scripture and whether that's you keeping a prayer journal. I know people who keep notebooks where they write down verses and quotes from sermons and worship songs and anything that is centered around a topic that they struggle with. Mm -hmm. So that anytime they're in this place of I'm scared and I know this fear is coming from my flesh and I know this is not from God. So let me renew my mind with what he says is true about me, about him being enough for me, about what, the purpose of marriage actually is whatever that is. And you go back through and you read that 
that can become such mm-hmm. a valuable resource to you in regards to making sure that you're not letting the lie overshadow the truth that you know is true. That's yeah. A not, that's a redundant <laughs> phrase, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Speaking of the resources available to us, we've actually been leading a Bible study this summer for some girls at our church or my church, whatever. <laughs> and um, they asked us to come to this. We talk about a lot about, you know, where your identity is on this podcast. And so they asked us to come teach the study on finding your identity in Christ. And one thing that we talked about just recently was that Kristen actually brought up the verse in Second Timothy 1, talking about, like, we were not created with the spirit of fear, but of hope, love, and self-discipline. A strong mind. I can't remember all the mm-hmm. exact. It depends on your translation. But that is what we do have. And we have that because of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And when you choose to set that aside and live in this place of fear, you are not taking full advantage of the resources that you have available to you. Why? And why would you you do that? I say yeah. you. We. I, we do it. Why would we do that? Because that's what you're doing. You have the Spirit of God living in you if you were a Christian. And so to put that aside and try to go it on your own... It's just foolishness. It's like being hungry and having food sitting right in front of you and choosing not to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know you need this for nourishment and to right. live healthily. Yeah. Healthily. Is that a word? Sure. We'll go to just ahead. live. To period. Live really. Well, yeah. <laughs> and refusing what's available to you. Yeah. And that makes no sense in any other context. Mm-mm. So don't let your pride get in the way here of doing that too. Yeah. One thing that has really helped me. I've been really thinking on this a lot, like just this whole year, really kind of in this vein of like, what do I do when I'm fearful or I don't know, or it's a lot of times for me, it's like just uncertainty in the future in general. And there's two things that have come up to me over and over. And this is what we talked about in that study, you know, a few weeks ago is there are two questions in my mind that I have to be willing to turn into statements in my mind that I will believe whether it feels like it or not. And those two questions are one, is God enough? And is God good? And so then the statement for both of those would be God is enough and he is good. Mm -hmm. And the one verse from Matthew seven, it says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, Mm -hmm. how much more will your father who is in heaven give, give good gifts to those who ask him? And so what we were talking about in the study was just that Not only is God good, he is good, but he is for us. It's not just that he is good. He is for our good. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about um, waiting for God's best in your life. Don't settle. Wait for God's best. And we talk about it in a lot of times in this future context. But something that we've talked about is that it's not only a future thing. God's best for you is always your current situation. Whether you're single or whether you're not, God's best is what he has you in right now. So learn from that, grow in that, move forward, knowing that he is good and he is for your good, whether it always feels like it or not. Yeah. Rest in that. Yeah. Well, it's that verse in Psalm, shoot, why can I never remember the, <laughs> the... it's in Psalms. If you Google the wording, you can find it, but it says no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is righteous. Mm-hmm. And my mentor reminds me of this verse all the time. Cause she says, if Kristen, if something were good for you right now, you would have it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then it's not good for you right now. Mm-hmm. And it, 
it makes it sound way too simple, but <laughs> it's very comforting when you're like, you know what, what I want, like you said, marriage is a great desire to have, but it, if I don't have it right now, it's because it's not what's best for me right, right now. And so when you can rest in that and then even instead, when it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And yeah. focus on all of the good gifts that haven't been withheld from you mm-hmm. where you're at right now. It totally changes your perspective. Thankfulness is the answer to so many things. It really is. When you're talking about putting off and putting on, thankfulness is the thing to put on most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll give you a pass when sometimes <laughs> it's really, really difficult, but it does help. Yes. So, but whoever sent this question in, please know you are not alone in wondering no. this. I have asked myself this question so many times. I've had so many of my friends ask mm-hmm. me this question. This is not the first time we've been asked this question since we started this podcast. It is a terrifying thing when you want something so badly and knowing you may never get it. Right. I'm not, uh, what's minimizing that at all. No. And we're not trying to say, oh, just do this. It's really easy. Just trust Jesus and everything will be fine. Like, yes, trust the Lord. Yes. But, but we get that it's, it's hard. It's way easier said than done. And it does feel like you're the only person sometimes Mm -hmm. because it seems like, a lot of time in very conservative church circles that feeling this way is inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. I, I think either. it's what you do with that feeling that determines right or wrong. What, you know, do you dwell on it? Do you make an idol out of this thing or do you submit that to the Lord and move forward? Those are your right or wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like we have to bottle this up. And like you said, oh, I'm fine or everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just got to be content in Jesus and then they'll drop somebody in my lap. It's kind of what that leads to. And that's yeah. just not, it's not the true. case. No. no, it's not the case at all. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to acknowledge your fear. Okay. <laughs> don't be afraid to acknowledge your fear, to verbalize that fear, but just don't stay there. Yes. Have girls in your life who you can take this to, who will empathize with you and then point you to Jesus, mm-hmm. who will hug you. And say, everything will be okay, and then turn you around and point you to Christ. Yes. Uh, Not the ones who will just wallow there with you. Exactly. Okay, our last question. These are all really hitting home for me tonight. I'm just going (laughs) to, today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, it's 5.45 p.m. right now. So I can say tonight. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. 4.45 Central. Yes. (laughs) Okay, last question for today. Okay. How should I be a supportive single friend when all of my friends are in relationships? Well... First off, let me say, it may seem like they all are, but they aren't all in relationships. One. That's true. So that would be my first encouragement is... You can probably find at least one. Don't throw yourself a pity party right off the bat. Yes. I will But then... Yeah, but then... Well, I don't know. You know. (laughs) I have talked about this before, so if you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me tell this story. Mm -hmm. So deal with the repetition. (laughs) Sorry about it, but uh, we get this question a lot. So I think it's worth repeating regardless. So So, a couple, I guess it's been two, two and a half years years ago now. My three closest friends all got engaged within a six month period. And it was very, very difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I wasn't excited for them. Not that I wasn't happy for them. Not that I wasn't it. And I was the maid of honor in two of the weddings. I was a bridesmaid in the third. So... I was swimming in chiffon and <laughs> streamers. And, Blowouts. And yeah, all the all the wedding things. So I get it. We've all been there. Most of us have. 
as far as you feel like everybody, and it may not even be that far for you. It may just be, hey, everybody has a boyfriend and I do not. Yeah. And everybody's going out on dates Friday night and I am sitting at home watching reruns of The Bachelorette <laughs> and eating straight out of the ice cream carton. Or once you get to be my age, which makes me sound so old, oh it's not that everyone's getting married. It's that everyone's having babies and then having second babies. Mm-hmm. And like, there will always be something. Yes. So it's not a matter of if I can just get through this, mm-hmm. then everything will be fine. Keep yeah. that in mind too. Yeah. I think my biggest inc- and I did not do this perfectly but I tried very very hard to be <laughs> supportive to my friends because I had been in a situation where I got into a relationship and one of my best friends was anything but supportive mm. and it I remember how bad that hurt me and I was like I will never do this mm-hmm. to one of my friends with something that's anything exciting for them but especially something that's this big of a deal and so I grew up with my dad hounding all of me and my siblings about the golden rule. Mm-hmm. We might as well have had it painted above the mantle. But he would paraphrase, say, treat people the way you want to be treated. So if you were in their situation, you would want your friends to be happy for you and excited. Yeah, you and would. Supportive and asking questions and seeing how you're doing and planning showers or yeah. helping, you know, asking how your dates went or helping you get ready for your first date or fill in the blank. But you would want someone to do that for you. And so do that for them. Yes. And at the same time, though, when you are the other side of that, you're the person in the relationship. This is a great place for you to show grace and be selfless, too. So when this is you one day, remember how it felt to be the other side, too. Yes. One, strictly from the standpoint of acknowledging how they're probably feeling. Like, say, hey, I know this may be tough. If I get annoying, tell me. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do this. Like, Just be sensitive to that. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of room for both sides to show a lot of grace here. Yeah. And to really grow in selflessness Mm -hmm. uh, because it's not just one side or the other. It's not just the single friend has to just sit there and deal with the other friend talking about her boyfriend or her fiance or her husband 24-7 and how great he is and how wonderful relationships are all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But it is a time for you to put off yourself (laughs) and be truly happy for them. Yeah. It's a balance, I think. It is. And with that, like you were saying, hopefully your friends will show you that grace when you are on the side of you're single when they're not. And I would hope that if it's a really close friend, that you could be honest with them. Mm -hmm. This is what I had to do with Melanie. Mm -hmm. I told her when she got engaged, Melanie, I love you. I'm so excited for you. This is going to be great. And we have been talking about me being (laughs) your maid of honor since we were 14. So this is going to be awesome. But there will be days where this will be hard for Mm -hmm. me. And I'm going to be honest with you when that happens. Mm -hmm. And she was so great about it. And she would ask me like, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? And do check-ins with me to make sure I was... And when I wasn't having a great time with it, she would let me vent and talk about it. And she was so great about it. And that relieved so much. Not that she was putting pressure on me, but I was putting pressure on myself thinking I had to be on all the time Mm -hmm. and super happy about it 24-7. And I knew that wasn't going to be the case. Well, it's not that you're not happy for her. No, gosh, It is never a point of like, okay, today I'm not as happy for you as I was the other day. (laughs) It's just the natural ebb and flow of dealing with where you're at Mm -hmm. so it's not it's never an indication of how happy you are for your friend gosh no and i think they will realize that but i would say this too be honest with them but don't belabor the point don't constantly talk to them about oh well it's great that you're in a relationship or be snarky or whatever Mm -hmm. talk to somebody else about that yeah Yeah. (laughs) like you have other friends like talk to you know yes be sensitive sensitive all around on this issue. I think Mm -hmm. think if everyone involved on every side of this would be sensitive, 
would be selfless and would just show some grace, mm-hmm. this is not going to be that difficult to navigate. No. If in that each of these parts, your ultimate goal is looking to Christ. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then yeah. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> that, and I mean, I don't mean that in a flippant way. That no. really has to be your underlying foundation. Because otherwise you can't be selfless. Otherwise you can't truly be happy for someone when they have something that you want. It's only through Christ that you're able to do that and putting on those, that renewed mindset, that regenerated heart Mm -hmm. because pleasing him is the ultimate. And to do that, you're loving and joyful and kind and gracious and all the other fruits of the spirit. Yeah. This is where I would highly encourage you to take time to start praying for your friends Mm -hmm. and their relationships and the guys they're with. Someone told me one time, Kristen, it's very hard for you to be jealous of somebody or to be angry (laughs) or frustrated with someone that you're praying for. Fill in whatever negative emotion that Mm -hmm. is. It is extremely hard to feel that way towards somebody that you're praying for. And I have found that to be true in my life. I'm sure you have felt the same way. And it's amazing how your heart changes and your attitude changes when you're really discouraged and you're feeling lonely and you're Mm -hmm. disappointed. You shift that focus to, I want to pray for my friends to have healthy relationships and have God-honoring marriages and Mm -hmm. to you know, navigate this season well to enjoy where they're at. And thank you, Lord, for blessing them with this incredible guy that I know they've prayed for and that I've prayed for them. And it's so cool to see how the Lord will change your heart when you have that posture. That's exactly what I was going to say. As I said, the flip side of that prayer for your friend should be, Lord, change my heart where it needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. Being willing and not closing up and being rigid, being willing and realizing that you are not handling everything correctly. You don't have it all together. And being willing to let the Lord change those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's your practical (laughs) answer is pray for them. Be honest with them. And again, be be selfless and be thankful. Yeah. And just treat them. Your friends. Yeah. Treat them the way you'd want to be treated. If you, if we all just in life in general lived according to that, think about how different this world would be. Oh yeah. So Mm -hmm. that would be my encouragement to you. There we go. Great questions today, guys. That That, was a really good one. That was a really good one. That was a long one. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Y'all are used to us chatting by now. You're still around after (laughs) all this time. Yeah. (laughs) So we are going to wrap up there, but we will be back next week with our final Q&A episode. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm